Experience worship. True worship. Experience the word. Bringing you wholeness. Experience the warmth of fellowship. Experience wholeness at Lighthouse. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday at the Lighthouse. House 7, Plot 2 Stroke 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. Visit our website at www.lighthousenergy.org or contact us at info at lighthousenergy.org. The Lighthouse, lighting your pathway to destiny. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. We just want to lay a foundation this morning. And then next week, Sunday, we talk about who we are, the vision, the mission, the core values and what God is said to do in and through us this year. In Ephesians chapter 2, I start reading from verse 11. It said, Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called on circumcision, by what is called circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens to the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who was once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that he is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, and thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to those who are far off and to those who are near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. 
Every believer is a new creature in Christ Jesus and has been engrafted into the family of God. So today I laid the foundation, I titled this, The Church Family. What happened to us at the new birth is that we were born in the word of God or by the word of God and the divine nature of God was imparted into our spirit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, which describes our experience, that therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Verse 18 says, all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself, and then he has also given us the ministry of reconciliation. So we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The whole, like one translation says, is gone completely. The new has come. We left, even though we were not separated in that recent, but spiritually we left our natural family. We came into the family of God. Once we were strangers and foreigners to the covenant and the promises of God, now we have been made partakers. And the idea of church has always been in the heart of God from the beginning of creation. When you read Genesis 1.26, which is that great scripture, it says, let us make man in our own image. I want a family. The Bible talks about the relationship that God had with Adam. He had fellowship with him in the cool of the day. So God's desire when he created us is to be in his family, in his class, in his dimension of life. He has given us life. So we sinned by way of Adam's transgression. Jesus came and then we, the sin, the sin structure is broken over our lives. We are now new creation in Christ Jesus. We are now in the family of God. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 13, he made a description of who we are. He said we have been transported. We have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear own son. We are in the family of God. Paul describing this in Acts, he said, to draw people from the power of Satan into the power of God. So we are in the family of God. The church is not a building. The church is not an institution. Even though people have tagged the church this way, the church is not an event that you attend. The church is a family you belong to. The church is a family. There is something that God has been playing up in my heart. I mean, the Holy Spirit has been playing up in my heart since October last year. And it's just this word, learning to design the body of Christ. If we can design the body of Christ, this is my old body. I can't pretend, if I have a court here, I can't pretend that it doesn't matter. It matters. 
because pain or whatever symptoms of pain, it sends messages to the neurons in my brain that there is something out of order. The body of Christ is the family of God. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, We are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are God's own special people that we may proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Verse 10, he said, we were not once a people, but now we are the people of God who had not, previously we had not obtained mercy, but now we have obtained mercy. So the church is the body of Christ. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is the head. Jesus was made, I mean literally by reason of, of, of assignment. Jesus was made the head of the church. But literally they sit as a council over the church. So the church is not a building. The church is not an institution. The church is not an event you attend. The church is a family you belong to. The Bible says in Ephesians 1.5, it said his unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by sending Jesus to die for us. That's another translation. And he did this because he wanted to. He did it because he wanted to. So when you are part of the church, two things are true about you. Number one, you are committed to Jesus. Number two, you are committed to people in your church family. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5, concerning the Corinthians believer, it says, first they gave themselves to the Lord, and then by God's will, they get themselves to us as well. So you are committed to Jesus, the head of the church, the one who paid the price for your soul, the one who redeemed you from destruction. The Bible talks about the born-again experience in 1 Peter or 2 Peter 1. It said you are not redeemed by the corruptible thing, not by silver, by gold, but by the incorruptible word of God. So we are committed to that one. Who paid the price of? Is our Savior? Is our Lord? Is our King? He sits on the throne of our lives. And then He brings us into His family. Then we are committed to one another. I know that's a very difficult one, but that's the truth of God's war. How God designed His church to be. So you give yourself to the Lord, and then you give yourself to a group of people in your God's family. The first choice, giving yourself to the Lord, that's what makes you a Christian. That's what makes you a believer, a follower of Jesus. And the second one connects you with other believers, connects you for strength, connects you for growth. Connects you for development. Connects you for accountability. Connects you for care. 
You give yourself to the Lord, you become a Christian. And then you give yourself to your fellow believer, you become accountable, you grow. Some of us, you can't pray on your own for 20 minutes, but you are brought into the family of God where when you stand in agreement with other believers around, you gather around the word of God, you gather around the name of Jesus, you can pray effectively more than 10 minutes on your own. Sometimes it brings you, we call this service. What do you do to your automobile? You take it into the automotive, automobile shop for service, for greater performance, for greater effectiveness, so that your engine do not stall on the road while you journey through life. That's why we call it service. You are here. You're involved in worship. You're involved in praise. You see other believers. I mean, you are frowning your face. Someone else is smiling at you. And then that smile becomes contagious. That smile becomes the thing that sustains you through the week. When you want to go depressed again, you will remember the face of the one who smiles at you. And you say, cheer up. And some of us, we are so sensitive, we can even drop a scripture for you. I just have this scripture in my heart for you this week. And then you run with that scripture. And it becomes a source of strength to you. So you commit yourself to God. Then you commit yourself to other believers in God's family. Can I have a beautiful amen this morning? What does it mean to be part of the body of Christ? The Bible says the human body has many parts. But the many parts make up one whole body. That's the way the body of Christ is. The body of Christ is. My eyes cannot live independently and say behind me, I am Ayo's eyes, but I choose to stay on my own. No, it won't work. In fact, it will die. Where is standing on its own? Because the way the body is, is interconnected. It's interwoven. It's interwoven. When the devil wants to deal with any of us, that's what he does. He isolates us. Then you begin to lose your strength. And then you begin to question the things you once hold dear to your heart. And then you begin to see people as a problem. And then you isolate yourself generally. And the devil convinces you the Bible is not true. God is not true. Nobody loves you in this world. Let's just hand it right away. People lose hope, and they end up committing suicide. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up the whole body. So, it is with the body of Christ. I am not the church. I know that we say it. I'm going to Pastor Zion's church. I am not the church. It's not my church. And you are not the church either. But together, we are the church. We are what the Bible describes, the body of Christ. I am not the church. I am not the church. I love it good with our denominational churches. So you hear St. Paul's. You hear St. Agnes or whatever it's called. It's not a personality. It's what they are saying in that case is that they are ordering things. They love the way some apostles live their lives. So they are, remember I me, mean, the Petra, St. Peter's, 
St. Augustine, St. Antonia, Celestial Church of Christ. Forget about doctrine, because the church will never agree on that. But I'm just saying that when you see people gathered around the word of God, gathered around the name of Jesus, they are the body of Christ. They are the body of Christ. So it's not Pastor Ayo's church. It's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? amen. Pastor Ayo is just the under-shepherd, and that under-shepherd can be you. Doesn't have to be me. So, to understand how the church operates, look at the way God designed your body. Your hand, your nose, your spleen, your liver are all parts of your body. Some are visible. Some, majority of them, are invisible. They all have separate functions, but together they make up one physical body. Just like God's church makes one spiritual body. That's why this morning I'm saying to you, you are necessary part of your church family. This is your family. You can't say my part, my talents, my abilities are not needed. There are no useless parts of the body. We are all dependent on each other. And each of us have different roles to play. God's intention from the beginning of time is that we live our lives together in his family. In Romans chapter 1, verse 12, let's read a couple of scripture. Romans chapter 1, verse 12. If you can give it to us in the NLT, it said that is that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith of both you and me. NLT, it said, when we get together, I want to encourage you in faith. Oh, oh. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, give us TLB, Romans 1.12, Romans 1.12, Romans 1.12, thank you. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by us. TPT, TPT please, thank you this morning for helping me out. Okay. Okay, let's do, if you can't get that, let's do 1 Corinthians 12, 12. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. Okay, TPT, thank you. Now this means that when we come together and are side by side, something wonderful will be released. Can I have an amen to that this morning? We can expect to be co-encouraged and co-comforted by each other's faith. And you know, we had a taste of that at the prayer meeting this morning. When we were praying for Nigeria, we were asked to join our hands. What we are saying is that we agree that this nation will be great again. Can I have an amen? amen. So now this by means, but when we come together side by side, so when I ask you, greet your neighbor, greet your neighbor to your right, to your side, to in front of you, don't you all say, we can expect to be called encouraged, and then co-comforted. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. Say, just as the human body is one, and though it has many parts that together form one body, so too is Christ. 
Give us an Amplified Classic, the last one, Amplified Classic. It said, just as the body is a unity and yet has many parts, and all the parts, though many form only one body, so it is with the body of, with the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. The better you are connected to your church family, the more you will experience everything the church has to offer. God never meant for us to go through life on our own. He wants us to be part of his family. You see, no matter how good you are in praying, in fasting, no matter how you can shake the heavens like we use the word, no matter how you can smash open the gates of heaven, you need men as answers to your prayer. God is still going to send men to you. You are praying for favor. He's going to use men to open the doors of favor. You are praying for mercy. Anu, anu, anu. God is going to use people to favor you. In Psalm 5, verse 12, he says, You surround the righteous with favor as a sheet. Have you seen an angel before? Maybe 1% of people in our world. If that is a good assumption. Have you seen God in his glory? Maybe zero, 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 zero percent. But have you had answers to your prayer? Can I get a response? Have you seen the Lord's goodness, his mercy and compassion? Yeah. So God is still going to use people. And that's why we need to design the body. doesn't have to be lighthouse members only. We have to learn. We are in the family of God. Criticism of one member is criticism of the body. So God wants you to be part of his family. In fact, this church idea has always been it was in the wilderness. It was everywhere. Everywhere you see people gathered in the name of Jesus, that's church. That's why in the New Testament, even when people gather in people's homes, it's church. When they gather in parks, it's church. Because it's, it's a where two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst of them. What does the church have to offer? People have the question. Belonging to a church family, what are the benefits? Number one, I think I have five. Let me quickly go through it. You learn your true identity. You learn your true identity. In our world, as we speak, the true worth of people is in their possession. And in Luke chapter 12, verse 15, a man's life will never be measured by the things we possess. We will never. That's not the quality of our lives. Because, you see, the things we possess are flimsy. They appear, they're like vapor. You can see someone now, I'm not talking about a Nigerian contest where people help themselves with the national cake. But the truth is that you can see someone today, he doesn't have this possession. Ten years down the line, due to their diligence at what they do, you can see them amass things. So, our lives is never measured by our career, 
by our words, by our favorite sport teams. It's not even in the brands of the clothes that we wear. But when we belong to Jesus, it gives us a true identity. You know, say, how do I know that? You are not yet a conqueror. It says to you, you are more than a conqueror. Maybe you are not yet an overcomer. It says to you that you overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. You are who God says you are. And that's your true identity. That's your true identity. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, to remind you again, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Can you give it to us in TPT? 2 Corinthians 5.17, TPT. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. I sit with people on counseling table and they begin to tell me, I've done so much abortion. Maybe that's why God is punishing me. That's why I can't have a new baby. I said, when did you do the abortion? He said, before I gave my heart to Christ. I just take them to this scripture. And we agree. Their perspective changes. And we agree. Some of them are giving back to twins today. Some people have even said, I have no womb. And then we agree with this, just this scripture. So, the church gives you a new identity. A new identity. Some of us, like me, we were like NFA. No, we read it in our test. No hope, no future. Without God in this life, we just run with the Joneses. And then it gives us direction. Because his word says, I know the thoughts. I know the thoughts. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. It's only the church that offers us that. If I'm on drug today, I am a writer in the society. But if Jesus enters into that drug infested, addicted life, he can give me a new beginning. And the stones that the builders have rejected will become the head cornerstone. There are things the church offers that no other sex or whatever offers it. Hope, favor, love, grace, mercy. So when we belong to Jesus, God adopts us into his family, the church. Unlike the physical family when where people die or grow apart or move away or even divorce, your spiritual family is permanent and lasts for eternity. In Ephesians 2.19 says, you are citizens with everyone else who belong to the family of God. The second thing is that you are supported by others. You are supported. He said, like every building that we see, they have what is called the structures. In the structure you have, the structure usually gives stable support. Stable support. There was, when we first moved here, 
There was one Wednesday we were holding service here. It was as if this canopy is going to just any moment from now. It's just going to take off. That day, all our screen, everything was just in the projector. Everything was just misbehaving. So after the service, I spoke to the engineer. I said, do we need to reinforce this tent? He said, do you see those metal, six or eight of them in between? He said, even when the storm rises. He said, because those things, and he, he mentioned those engineering words. He said, they have a way to transfer the load, even if there is pressure on one. He said, as that place is, he said, it is Gidigba. He said, go and sleep, Pastor. Anytime, he said, the best you can do is to stop service. So because that day, I was speaking, the speakers were on, but because of the rain and everything, we couldn't even hear one another. We just turned that service into prayer service, if some of you can remember. But see, you are supported by others, like the structure of a building. We hold each other. Without that stable support of a church, you will find yourself collapsing at some time in your life. But you are not meant to live life alone. You need spiritual, physical, financial, emotional, and mental support in your faith work. And the church provides for that. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 21 and 22, it said, In Christ, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you are being built together to become a dwelling place in which God lives by his spirit. If you look at the concept of Lego, what Lego teaches uh, for, let me just remind you, is the concept of, teaches every young child, the concept of team and the benefits. Because when you have Lego, you just have these pieces of plastic. It really doesn't make sense. You can't pick one Lego and say, I want to build a house. The beauty of Lego is your ability to put together what you have imagined to build. So you may have all those plastic in different flavors, different colors, but you will just imagine, I want to do a building, I want to do a car. So your ability to put them in right places, that's what gives you that car or gives you that building. Our contribution, our strength, our connectedness is what gives us a good faith work. Can I have an amen this morning? Number three, you discover your unique value. Everyone is unique. I'm different from you. You are different from me. Nowhere else on the heart is there anyone like you. That's not motivation. It's who the Bible says that you are. In Romans chapter 12, verses 4 and 5, it said, just like there are many parts to our bodies, and so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of it, and it takes every one of us to make it complete. For we have different work to do, so we belong to each other. And each needs all others. You need other people, and other people need you. In our natural world, that's why we are not all doctors. That's why we are not all architects. That's why we are not all engineers. That's why we are not all preachers. That's why we are not all market women. There are things that people have in their uniqueness that without it, you can't survive. In every public office in Nigeria, there are people we call messengers, but let them not come to office. Even the director is lost as to what to do. 
they understand the filing. And in some of those public spaces, they have been working there for 20 years. They can tell you the history of Pierce, who has been there. They can tell you the ones who made mistakes. They can tell you. And if you get in some spaces where they are terrible, they can hide your file. See, Jesus come, they won't find that file. Please let me preach to your neighbor this morning. In Christ's body, I need you. You need me. In your faith walk, I need you. And then you need me. Have you read in the Bible before? I'll charge your neighbor now. Have you read in the Bible before? Iron sharpens iron. A man, a woman, sharpens the countenance. Do you know the meaning of the word countenance? Beauty, glory, outlook. A man, a woman, sharpens the countenance of his brother, of his sister. So neighbor, neighbor boy, you need me, and I need you. Number four, in Christ's body, you receive protection. You receive protection. You see, in recent times, I've also been watching Animal Planet. And I realized that some animals are not really, really on their own, even though they attack. For example, lion attack in flocks if they want to hit bigger animals. So, and what do they do? They distract. They don't follow, they don't just run after a herd of animals. They just distract one. Just one. Just one. And then they distract and isolate that one. And if it's a bigger, because I've seen them taking down some of these bigger, I mean, things that are bigger than them. So, if they distract, someone is in front, someone is at the side, so they will be taunting the animal until they get the animal distracted and someone just go for the vent. That's the way. That's the thing the devil has. He isolates. But in church, you need protection. In Psalm 100 and verse 3, he said, God made us and we belong to him. And we are his people. We are his flock. That's the benefit. You are defended. You are cared for. You have other people looking out for you. You see, if you say, oh, I'm in a church, they are not looking out for me. The truth is that if, maybe you are not playing your part. Maybe you are also not looking out for people. You're not the center of the universe. You need other people. You need to say hello to someone. And the truth is that the day that person misses your hello in church, he's looking out for you. I don't want church wahala. I don't want people's wahala. You have not, you sign up to people's wahala when you are a Christian. Because people have issues. Just like you have issues. And there is no perfect church. The truth is that if there is any perfect church somewhere, give me an invitation I want to attend last, next week. But the truth is that when I get into it, my own imperfection will pollute that church. Can I have an amen today? 
So please, I'll give you number five. But my time is up. Number five today. You become productive. Under number four, you're under protection. The protector of this church, when I say this church, the body of Christ, is the great shepherd himself. And Psalm 23 gives us an insight into what he does as the one who cares for us. After about 30 minutes, we all go home. I am not omnipresent, so I can't claim that role in your life. But the one who sees, the one who can seize the evening, is the one who watches over you. I am designed to sleep and snore. But he who watches over you neither sleep nor slumber. In the world, the rhetoric is different. Every man for himself, God for us all. That's their mantras. But the great shepherd watches over you. That's why in John 15, 5, he said, By, without me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. So being connected to God's church, God's flock, is also make you confident and less anxious. If you are struggling in your business, you can say, I am not on my own. You can share with people and people pray for you out of the genuineness of, your, of their hearts. If you have health crisis, people can support you with scripture, with attention, with care. Because you belong to a church. Number five, you become productive. Most people want their life can't, isn't it? Most people, you are not responding. I want my own life to, to can't. Most people want to make a difference, isn't it? But how can best can we do that? By staying connected to a church family. And the key is that we stay connected to the true vine. That's what he says. He said, I am the true vine. And the father is the gardener. And you are the branches. He said, if you remain in me and I in you, John 15, 1, he said, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, by the time you read it to verse 5, John 15, 1 to 5, so the point is, you will never be productive as God intended you to be if you are not connected to a church family. Whether it's here, whether it's wherever you are, Burkina Faso, uh, Bahrain, uh, Botswana, the church family is the church family. You know as we are speaking now, hmm? some people are meeting under trees. Somewhere in this globe. Somewhere in the village. Some people are receiving encouragement. Somewhere in the remote places, people are being saved as we speak. It's a church. That's the church. That's the church. They say Coca-Cola covers the whole world. It's true. But it covers the whole world and give people diabetes. But the gospel changes our lives. Gives us a new beginning. And that's what the church stands for. I pray that this week will be a week of blessing. This week will be a week of clarity for you. God will open your eyes to see uh, the importance of being a member of his body. And as you make adjustment, if you need to make adjustment, all of us need to make adjustment. I need to walk, um, I need to, to look out for people more. I, ag I agree. Everybody should look out for me too. Amen? amen. I said amen. 
I have to tell somebody at the beginning of the year. And he just went on and on. And I said, see, and that particular day, eh, I've rebuked headache and headache and headache, and it wasn't going. And then you are bringing your, I said, see, excuse me. I'm sorry. I think your entitlement mentality is high. Did you even say good morning and ask me how I'm doing? Maybe if you have done that, I would have said that I'm tired today. I think I'm under stress. I've been battling with headache. I'm a human being. And people just expect because you are a preacher. So you know all the Bible. You know all the things. You don't have to believe for yourself. You are just enjoying grace. And so when people say you, I want to tap from that grace. If I don't study the Bible, I will not grow as a believer. And I have nothing to teach. Praise God. So I study for myself. I believe for myself without now transferring that faith and contagious faith to every other person. Can I have an amen? amen. Please let me tell your neighbor again. I need you. Just like you need me. God bless you. Have a lovely week. This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Christian Outreach Center. The Lighthouse, House 7, Plot 2, Slash 3, Kudrata Biola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. For inquiries, please log on to www.lighthousenggy.org for more.